Hello, I'm T.S. Wright, and welcome to The God-Centered Concept. Episode 4, Idol of the Day. So, as we move forward here, we've looked at culture and we've looked at attachment. Now we got to go to the what all this culminates towards, and that is understanding idolatry. Because idolatry is really the key thing that we need to, we got to really pay attention to because in the end, when our attachment is not to God, then we're going to be attaching to something else. And that is going to become our idol. Whatever we attach to the things that we attach to become our idols. And so we need to, we've got to be aware of this as a Christian and understand that idolatry is going to open doors to things that we do not ultimately want. They're going to lead us down a a pathway that will corrupt us and could potentially destroy us spiritually. So we want to be always cognizant of idolatry. So let's let's dive into this here. First I want to give you just a really quick historical analysis and I'm not I don't want to be too tedious here but when we look back into the 1960s and 70s we had the space race and the space race is really probably what led to what, how we understand life today. And and let me explain that. During the 60s, once we landed on the moon, it was like a, it was kind of like a, a jolt, so to speak, to technology. And, it, and, and everything became about technology. Everything was about the advancement of technology and what that would look like. By November of 1972, we had the first home video game introduced um, into into society and basically into, went mainstream is probably the best way to say it. And of course, that eventually would take hold and then we would get all kinds of different video games. But it wasn't just video games. But if you go back and look, that was also the time period when things like the home computer and how that would work was being first developed. It was all starting in the 70s right after the space race had ended. And now what happens is is that we get we get a movie like Star Wars in 1977 and that will completely change Hollywood forever and film and and all the technology used in entertainment and how entertainment would be displayed um sounds and all that kind of fun stuff. And then of course with the advent of all this then we we move into the 80s in the 80s became an entirely new type of decade that we really hadn't experienced. And during the 80s, we saw this massive, really explosion economically in this country. And it it really started to take off after we got, um, after basically we kind of got through, a, I guess, a recession, so to speak. Some of you might remember the long lines at the gas stations and all that stuff in the 70s, but eventually all that would end and they would get through the recession that was in the early 80s. And then all of a sudden things got really cheap. The whole idea of supply side economics and all that, I, and I don't want to get too tedious about it, but needless to say, the age of technology started to take off. We started to see bag phones and televisions improved. And I remember going from four cable stations to or excuse me, four antenna stations to all of a sudden 10 cable stations and stations like ESPN and MTV, they changed the world. But then 
we also started getting other stuff. And then eventually, of course, that'll build up and, and we'll have up and ups and downs. But then we'll all of a sudden get the 24-hour news cycle. And, you know, you guys probably remember a day and age when television, they basically went to total snow at midnight. And so all everything just started changing rapidly. And then in the 90s, it it just sped up even more. And then all of a sudden, the internet became a big thing in the mid It started becoming a thing in the 90s. And then uh, now more people had home computers. And these big old bag phones started turning into these large cell phones, which eventually would turn to smaller ones. And then that technology would just keep going faster and faster. And we'd have big booms and then busts and all that stuff. And But then we got into the year 2000, and it all changed. Everything now became about instant gratification, more so than we had ever seen. And we now have a generation of people living that are probably about 30 years or younger now that don't even know what it's like without this level of technology. Because right around the time, the late 90s, 2000, that's when, that's when life really changed. And so... We had all kinds of just things that just sped up in society, such as how we could buy and sell and all this stuff. And the internet, obviously a major part of that and cell phone technology. But I mean, now we're walking around with basically little computers in our hands and I can actually record this podcast from my phone if I so choose to. So here's my point. What that did is it changed the way we thought, but it also changed the way that we approach things. And so one of the things that I have learned in my relationship with God is the value of time with him. We need time with God and to develop our relationship with him. We've got to spend that level of time, not just in prayer with him and, and really focusing on him, but we we've got to have to study his word. We got to have time to learn his word and learn who he is and learn what God wants from us and learn that. And how do we do that? We spend time in the Bible and it takes time to really learn the word of God. It takes time to develop a rhythm. It takes time to pray and meditate over verses and, and learning the self-discipline of doing that. If you go back and read the readings of the early church fathers, you will understand what I'm talking about. So one of the things that I do is on my Audible, I always have a book that I get and I'll just, I'll get different ones all the time of the early readings of the church fathers. So I made it a point to go back. I had done this when I was younger, but, and had learned this stuff, but I went back and did a complete restudy of the history of the church because I just need to refresh her a little bit from my college days and from my, uh, when I was in junior high school. Um, so I'd, I'd had that information presented to me and, and, but I needed to remember it. And so diving into that, I was really led that I needed to go back and read the early readings of the church fathers. So alongside reading my Bible, I'll also listen to things from the early church fathers. And what that does is you get a sense from these guys of how much time they spent just pondering the word of God, just pondering who he is. So I tell you all this because in our instant gratification society, which is really what we're living in, idolatry 
is so easy. It is so easy for us to attain now to, you know, instant gratification, instant pleasure is, is something that is just so prevalent that I'm not sure we even know that it's there anymore. It's just like, it's automatic. Like it's just been ingrained and institutionalized into us. And it's a little bit scary when I step back and when we, when we look at it and try to see it from the point of view of God, because what that does is that conditions us to look at everything like that. We think if, if, if we can't pick something up instantly, something's wrong. I mean, you want to know why divorce rates are so high? Because as soon as somebody's not being gratified, boom, they're gone. That's exactly right. Must not be the one. Um, you want to know why that uh, people <clears throat> turn away from the church so fast? Because as soon as something goes wrong, up oh, must not be the place. Do you know why uh, people don't continue on with their prayer and, and really stick with it? Because as soon as something goes wrong in life, then they really don't think it works. But see, God doesn't work that way. God is a, it, it works through processes and the idol and really what, what idols are and really the a way to define idolatry is very simple. It's when we put our attention and our affection towards something that puts that something or someone on an equivalent or above God. And I heard it said once this way, it's misplaced affection. And I've heard that said by a few different people, but when we give our affection and or our attention towards something and we put it on the equivalent to meet our needs, and it's really about meeting our needs, and we put that on that equivalent of God or above God, that is idolatry. And it's so easy because things now, I mean, social media and all the things that we're surrounded with, while those things can all serve a good purpose. I'm not arguing against having this stuff, and I want that to be clear here, but it's got to be put in its proper place. And the bottom line is, those are just communication tools. But our time and our focus needs to be spent, and our attachments are to God, and then the things He chooses for us to, that He wants us to attach to, led by Him. But first, we have to learn how to clearly hear and understand who understand God. We do that through his word. We do that through fasting. We do that through prayer. So there's, there's processes that we can walk through to get that. But, and there's hope for anybody out here that's struggling with this. So don't, don't think this is a, a show of just about bashing you with hard truth. I'm going to bring hard truth, but then on the same token, I'm going to teach you how to, how to walk through that. We're going to teach you how to walk with hope and with, and in victory through Jesus Christ. But you cannot do that if you're not first aware of what the problem is. We have to define the issues. And right now we're kind of doing that. So we, we've taken a look at culture. We now understand how attachment works. And it's attachments are neutral. It can go either way. It can be uh, attachments that go with God or not go with God. And then we have idolatry. And idolatry is really the culmination of those attachments over a shorter, long period of time, just over some type of a period of time, because we've taken something and we've put it on the equal position or above God. You see, here's something that happened. If you go back and read 
the book of Exodus. Moses goes on the mountain and receives the Ten Commandments and all the law and all the stuff that, that God wanted to give the Israelites. And then he and Moses is going to go back down the mountain and communicate. He had a fast 40 days and, and God gives all this to him. And, you know, Moses is there in the presence of God that whole time. But the people are still down at the base of the mountain waiting. And they're thinking Moses ain't coming back. They think it's over. They're, they're kind of panicking. And what God was really doing here is he was testing them. He was testing their hearts. He would do it over and over again. He wanted to know what they would turn to when they felt out of balance. He wanted to know what they would turn to when things weren't going right. And of course, we know the whole story about the golden calf. And he and they they built this golden calf and they worshiped its image. And obviously, still the the idealisms and things that they had carried from them from the Egyptian culture, they hadn't totally rid of themselves of that. I mean, here was a God who had destroyed their slave masters, had removed them from this hideous life that they had lived in for over 400 years. They'd been in captivity as slaves. God removes them. And then just that quick, they're already turning back to idolatry. It's like, wow. Okay, so how quickly their hearts changed. So even back then, which wouldn't have had all this level of technology and instant gratification, even then they turned away from God. So God was testing their hearts. So we see this throughout scripture, how this can happen. And it just, to, I think today what it is, is just sped up. It's just happening a lot faster and it's a lot more prevalent. It's almost like we have idolatry. One day it's this thing. And then the next day it's this thing. And then the next day it's this thing. And it's like, well, what about that thing three days ago? Eh, that was so three days ago. I mean, that's kind of the mindset, isn't it? And we see that. We can see that in kids. We can see that in adults. I mean, it's it's we see that all over culture. I mean, it all in all of society. So we see that through advertising and all the things. And and you can we've you've probably heard all this kind of stuff and generations and advertisement and how it's impacting them and how we think and you know social media and all the stuff. We we hear that kind of stuff all the time. But what I'm doing here is not just defining the problem. What I'm doing is giving, we're going to try to give us solutions here. And these processes that God has put in place in his word, which quite frankly, he gave Moses a lot of them. Okay. And then obviously extended that through the different, the historical periods of Israel. And he's given more and more processes that, the Israelites could follow. And then in the new Testament, we have those and it's how to deal with staying with, with how the world tries to get us to attach ourselves to the world and the things of the world and how our enemy attacks us that way. But these processes in the Bible teach us not to do that and how to stay attached to God. That's why I like reading the writings of the early church fathers is because you you get a, they'll give you some interesting, just kind of some interesting ways of thinking of how to stay attached to God. And they don't say it in those so many words, but that is the premise is that the focus is always on God. God is the center of all things. I'm going to just say this. God does not need us, but we need him. He does not need anything on this earth. God doesn't need any of this and neither does Jesus. 
but we need God and we need, and we have to have Jesus so we can get to God. God did it because he loved us and because he wanted to restore his creation, but he didn't have to, but he did anyway. And we, we have to come before him broken and humble, expressing not only our sorrow, but also we got to come with some understanding and we got to open our eyes to the truth and what's happening around us and in the world, because we do have to be aware of the world. Doesn't mean we have to live according to its rules, but we do have to be aware of it. And the most important thing that we do every day is give our affection to God and find ways to do that, to stay attached. So we don't attach to the things of this world. There is nothing that this world can give you that's permanent. It's impossible. The world can't do that. And we don't want to be bogged down in idolatry. I'm writing in, I have an entire book that I've still got to organize, but I have written all these basically parts that explain idolatry on an incredible detail. But what we don't want in all of this and what it all is going to culminates to is we don't want idolatry to separate us from the source and to take our attention off the source that absolutely brings the only satisfaction to all of our needs. We have to always have our mind and our eyes set on the only source that can bring us permanent satisfaction. The only source that we can get to heaven by, and that is Jesus Christ. So, as I'm explaining all of this, and we're working through this, and we're going to work through this podcast series, idolatry is dangerous. And it's even more dangerous when it's encapsulating us and it's attaching us to things, and we're, we're holding these things up, and we don't even realize it. Real corruption in our hearts and real corruption in general happens when we become so corrupt that we don't even know that it's wrong anymore. That is a dangerous place. And that opens ourselves up to not only ungodly attachments, but it opens us up to our enemy to attack us in pretty much any way he can choose to. I mean, he's got our hearts then. And so we're going to walk through some processes and we're going to start in the next podcast series. And I'm going to start explaining some of these processes that should be very helpful to you. But I'm going to leave you with this thought and we're going to, I want to, I want to finish on this positive. We get, let's go back to cellular memory for a minute. We've got to learn how to develop cellular memory and cellular memory is developed through practice. So I want you to think of it this way. What are you practicing? What are you practicing today? Are you practicing God? Are you practicing him so much that he becomes part of your cellular memory? If not, what are you practicing? Because we're all, you're always focused on something. But what are your, what is your focus that is developing your cellular memory in your mind that is, is what is developing your habits? Okay. It's developing your mindsets. It's developing your feelings because here's what's going to happen. The things you practice and things you focus on, your feelings are going to follow that. Feelings are not rational. Okay. They're not rational. 
and they never will be. Feelings follow. They're followers. They're not leaders. But when feelings become leaders, then what's happened is, is you practice something for so long that those feelings now start to take over because you're so attached to whatever it is. Hopefully it's to the Lord, okay? But that's not always the case, is it? And we've all been there. I've done it. We've all done it. We've all committed idolatry. I mean, in this world, it's really hard. I, I, other than Jesus himself, I'm guessing that everybody at some point has had some level of idolatry that they've attained to and that they've committed. They may not even have known it. But here's what I'm going to say to you here. Are you practicing God? And if you're not, are you willing to take the steps to start practicing God and not practicing other things? So you will attach yourself correctly to God and to the things of the world in the way that he wants you to, and that you will develop the cellular memory so your focus is always on him. Is your Are you practicing God so much that it always keeps your focus on him in everything that there is? No matter the hardships, no matter what everybody else is doing, no matter what's going on around you, no matter what distractions are being thrown at you, no matter what issues you have, are you practicing God at a level that you can develop that cellular memory so no matter what comes at you, God still is the one that wins out in your heart in that situation, no matter what the earthly result is. So, my challenge to you this week, or this, I should say, this podcast until the next podcast, is this. Read read the book of Exodus. Read what happened on the mountain. You know, go to Exodus 20 and just keep reading and just read through those chapters. And you, you can kind of jump through the law and you'll get a feel for that. And then wait till you get to the point of the golden calf and what happens there. Now you can go and, and read and I would also encourage you to read Deuteronomy 8. And you can even read in Deuteronomy 9. And you can and, and you can kind of you can read those if you want a more almost a little bit of a shortened version of all of that. But if you have time, read that that Exodus story right there because it really shows the pathway that you can go when your focus is wrong. But it also can show you how much God can meet your need because Moses did not have any food or water for 40 days sitting in his presence. God was his food. God was his drink. He is the everlasting bread. He's the everlasting water. He's the living water. Moses didn't need anything else. He needed nothing else. So when you read that, again, how is God putting his authority, his ownership on the situation? What is Moses attaching to? What kind of culture is God trying to set when you're reading that section? And then, what do the people do when fear starts to take over? When panic starts to take over? What do they turn to? What is their go-to? You might remember me saying that in the last podcast series, in episode three. What is your go-to? What was what is their go-to? So learn to identify those things. When you're reading the Word of God, learn to identify those things. So what we're going to do is we're going to finish this one up here. But in the next series, we are going to start a process. 
that I believe is is so much so significant and that it will help you completely understand how to connect to God. And it'll take a few podcast series to get through it all. But I'm going to literally walk you through a part of the Bible. We're going to we're going to read an entire passage and I'm going to walk you through that and it will take a few series for us to get through all of that. But I'm going to give you a process so that you understand where you need to where where you start and each step of the way and then what it can what it will lead to when you finish. Be sure to read Exodus chapter 20 and Exodus 32 and you can read the chapters in between as well. And that'll give you a sense of the culture that God was trying to set up for the Israelites. However, if you feel like you just want to focus on those particular two, you can do that in Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 32. And then roll over and read Deuteronomy chapter 8 and chapter 9, and you'll really get a sense of all that. Chapter 9 talks about the golden calf. Uh, If you get into Deuteronomy 5, it'll talk about the Ten Commandments, but if you read those two chapters, eight and nine of Deuteronomy, that'll kind of break some of that down for you. And, and, and it's more of like a, it's almost like a quick snapshot of all of it versus what you would read if you read the Exodus story. So until next time, go forth in total surrender to the one who owns and reigns over all creation.